Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. And today I'm speaking with author and radio personality, Gary Zimek, and he's known by many people for writing a lot about worry. He wrote a book for Lent, Give Up Worry for Lent, Stop Worrying and Start Living, And then From Fear to Faith, he has lots of different books that he's written about the topic of worrying. But today, he has a new book that's coming out, and it kind of goes along the same lines of worry. Let go of anger and stress. Be transformed by the fruits of the Spirit. And I think that this is a timely book because lots of us are experiencing stress. Lots of us might hold anger or grudges against people. And Gary is going to try to help us to let go by the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Gary. Father, thank you so much. It's great to be back with you again. It's been a long time since you and I have gotten to connect. Yeah, you know... uh, I was thinking about that, and you know, yeah. it, it, it's kind of the reversal of roles right now. Before, when you were with Holy Spirit Radio down there, where was that in Pennsylvania? Yeah, um, yeah, in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, I would be a guest every now and again to talk about Mary or devotion or things along those lines. And so now today, it's kind of the reversal of roles. I get to interview you about this great book that I'm sure that people will, as they read it and make use of it, that it can be life transforming. So as soon as we get rid of the worry in our life, well, then there's the next kind of movement that we can go to, and that's letting go of anger and stress. Maybe the first thing, what brought you to write this book? You know, Father, it's uh, it's an interesting question. Um, for the most part, all of my books were ideas that came to me, and I would pitch the book to the publisher uh, based on an idea that I got. This one, Ave Maria Press, came to me based on the success of, uh, of Give Up Worry for Lent, a- and they said, I think we need a book about overcoming anger and stress, and, and it was a perfect setup for what was on my heart. And it, They wanted it to be a Holy Spirit book, which this book is. It's about letting the Holy Spirit work in our lives. And I, I really think the Holy Spirit was involved in this collaboration between myself and the publisher because anger and stress, we see it all over the place right now. And, and it has become so pervasive in our society that this book, I am so excited that this book is coming out at this particular time. So it was pretty much a joint effort between me and the publisher. And, I, and I'm really glad that they they uh, put the thought in my mind to, to put out to go to work on this book. Yeah, you know, we live in a time right now where it's people just become outraged about anything and everything. It doesn't matter what you do or what you say. People are just outraged. And, uh, you know, there is a spiritual practice then of us letting that go, letting Mm -hmm. go of our outrage, letting go of maybe our personal opinions. And I think maybe being formed by the gospel, being formed by the truths of our faith, being formed, as you propose, by the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we all want those fruits of the Holy Spirit. Can you name the fruits right off the top of your head? I I can. It took me a while, Father, but but I've gotten good at this. So this is from um, St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruits of the Spirit are are these, love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, I want I want people to look at me and say, yes, those fruits are evident in Gary's life. But you know what, Father? I got a long way to go. But these are the same fruits that we see in Jesus. And he gives us his spirit 
so that these fruits can gradually, and I emphasize that word gradually, gradually to begin to develop in our lives. How can a person go about trying to live these fruits of the Spirit? What's one of the first steps that they should take? Uh, one of the first steps, you know, and, and you touched on it with you when you said let go, and, and of course let go is in the title of the book. I think so many times, Father, we are trying to control every aspect of our lives. And that's why we're worried. That's why we are overcome with anger. That's why we're impatient, because we are trying to control the uncontrollable. So I would say the first step, and this is a step that I've had to learn in my life and practice in my life, is to invite the Holy Spirit to work. Invite the Holy Spirit to come alive in us and then to yield to the prompting of the Spirit. For sure. And as we think about letting go, I think it's kind of the sense of the holy indifference that we can have that say, I want what God wants. I don't want what I want. I don't want Mm. what John wants for me or my boss, but I want what God wants for me. And that's really then praying that prayer of Jesus, thy will be done. And when we surrender ourselves to God's will, well, Mm -hmm. then that's when we have peace because we know we're doing God's will. That's when we have joy because when we're doing what it is that God wants us to do, well, then we truly are filled with those fruits of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. That holy indifference. I love that. Uh, The first time I heard that term, I thought, well, that's not really, I don't really like that. I'm supposed to be indifferent. But as you say, spiritual indifference or holy indifference is that total willingness on our part to surrender to God's will. Whatever happens, if you want me to be sick, if you want me to be healthy, if you want me to live a long life, if you want me to live a short life, whatever, Lord, your will be done. And I think, Father, that is something that I have been working on with the help of the Holy Spirit for a long time. I'm going to continue to work on it because, honestly, there are many times when I want my will to be done. And it's not easy for me to let go because I don't trust God. But that's that's something that the Spirit is helping me to uh, become better at. One of the things I realized in my preaching just over the past month, and I had no intention, I don't call it a homily series, but really what I ended up doing was preaching kind of like these how-to homilies of like how to how to love someone, how to forgive mm-hmm. someone, how to fan the flame of faith back, you know, a fire in your life. And so, and as I was preaching these series of homilies then based, you know, really from the scriptures that we heard at Sunday Mass, one of the things that I always said was that we have to pray for it, that we have to mm. name it so that we say, you know, Lord, help me to live the gift of your love or help me to receive the gift of your love so that I can share with others. Or Lord, uh, this is my favorite line from the movie, The Bells of St. Mary's. And this was for my forgiveness homily, but it was, you know, Lord, remove all bitterness and anger from my heart. You know, any wow. resentment, because that nun in the Bells of St. Mary's, Sister Benedict is her name, I believe, uh, she and Bing Crosby, Father O'Malley, they don't get along. And by the end of the movie, she's being sent away. She's going off to Arizona, and she thinks it's because Father O'Malley is getting rid of her. But really, she has tuberculosis. She doesn't mm. know why they're sending her to Arizona, because the climate would be better for her health. And she goes before the Blessed Sacrament, and there she kneels, and she says that prayer, Lord, remove all anger, hatred, and bitterness from my heart. And I think that's the first step, and that's what you said. The first step is really to pray, to begin Mm -hmm. to let go. And how can we let go but to do it right before the Lord, especially in the Blessed Sacrament, through adoration, 
through the Eucharist, that Mass that we receive. These are all moments in our life where we can begin to pray and make that move towards letting go. Exactly. And, and Father, for so long, and, and this has been my, my problem, has been that I've tried to do it myself. I'm going to become a more loving person. I'm going to be more filled with joy and peace. I'm going to be more patient. But I would forget to ask the Lord through his spirit to help me, to transform me. And that's a big mistake because Jesus never intended us to, to practice Christianity on our own without his help. That's why he sent the spirit. And I need the spirit. The weaker I am, the more I need the Spirit. And that's a good thing, because through the Holy Spirit's working in my life, my, my weakness will be, will be turned into strength. It's that, uh, that message from St. Paul. When I am weak, then I am strong. But you are, you are so right. We need to ask for that help. We need to not try to do it on our own. Yeah, and you know, as I'm looking at the title of your book, Let Go of Anger and Stress, I'm wondering, what's the connection between anger and stress? They're obviously connected. They're melded here in this book, but how are they connected? They are connected in a very big way, and I believe that both of them, anger and stress, they are rooted in a desire to control. We, you know, I'm a controlling person. I like to control. I like to be in charge. That's, that's who I am. And, and most of us who struggle with anxiety, and I make that clear you know, in my speaking and my writing, that... I am somebody who struggles with anxiety. Most of us who are, you know, who are in that position, we like to control. We like to control everything. And if we're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we can't be controlling because there if we do that, then we won't let him be able to take over. So when I become angry, when I become stressed out, I'm trying to take control of things that I have no control over. So there is a huge connection between anger and stress. I've said this a number of times on this podcast, How They Love Mary, but one of the things that St. Louis de Montfort says uh, in True Devotion to Mary, he says that when the soul finds, or the Holy Spirit finds the soul that loves the Blessed Virgin Mary, because the Holy Spirit looks for the soul devoted to Mary because Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So if you have a strong Marian devotion, you probably have the presence of the Holy Spirit, at least in the mind of St. Louis de Montfort. And I'm wondering, have you found that to be true as we talked about the Holy Spirit? And uh, how is it that the Holy Spirit can help us then in uh, all of these fruits and letting go of anger and stress? You know, Father, in, in 2011, I consecrated myself to Jesus through Mary uh, using the method uh, popularized by St. Louis de Montfort. It was life-changing for me because at the time, I was working in the, in the software industry, and I, I hated my job. I felt that after a, after a rather large conversion experience that I was, should be working for the Lord in some capacity, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I got to a point where after I had done my total consecration on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary 2011, I got to a point where I was able to turn to Jesus and say, Lord, if you need me to stay in the software industry That's okay with me. And I believe that was the Blessed Mother helping me to let go. And Father, a month after that, I got laid off from my day job. I went into full-time ministry, but it all came about because I was able to place myself under, under the care of the Blessed Mother to do that voluntarily and to let her go to work behind the scenes in my life. And yes, she has brought me closer to Jesus. She has given me a love for the Holy Spirit. She has uh, made me more willing to do the will of the Father. 
But that Marian devotion is, has been very important and instrumental in my life. I know even for myself, like when, let's say, maybe if you fall off the rosary train for a little bit, mm -hmm. maybe you begin to notice the lack of peace in your life. When you stop yeah. praying, you begin to notice that. Or if you're lessening your prayer, but then when you go back to it, when you pray the rosary every day, I think that you do experience some sort of peace and joy, and you do notice that you begin to grow in the virtues of patience and kindness and generosity and all of these things, because that's the fruit of prayer. That's the right. fruit of a mother who's praying for us, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Our mother wants us to be the best person, the best child of God that we can be. And so so her prayers are efficacious. And that's mm -hmm. how I, I see it in my own life, that you know, if if you hit a little pause, then you begin to notice, oh, there's a little disturbance in my life. Go back to the prayer, a sense of peace and direction and everything like that. I agree. And, and one of the beautiful things about our mother is that uh, she works behind the scenes. And, you know, I've, I've seen so many times in my life where I, I start, as you said, to display more of the fruits of the Spirit. I, I have a greater desire to spend time with Jesus in front of the Blessed Sacrament a greater desire to read scripture, a greater desire to love other people. And, uh, and and I know that's my mom working behind the scenes. And and that's the way she is, Father, just at the wedding, as she did at the wedding at Cana. She was not the center of attention, but she was watching. She was looking out for her spiritual children as, as she looks out for us. And, uh, you know, she goes to Jesus when when necessary. And, and one day I believe I'm going to find out when I get to, to speak with her face-to-face all the times she intervened in my life, and I didn't even know about it. Isn't that the truth? And I, I see this for some people, that as they develop a devotion to Mary, and maybe they just pray one Hail Mary. I've been doing a daily rosary on my public Facebook page now, every day around 6.30, 6.45, just depends on the day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I know that some people pray the whole rosary with me, and that's great. And I know that people watch the rosary later in the day, and they pray with me from our cemetery grotto that's a historical marker and so uh but i also realize that maybe someone taps in and they can't pray the whole rosary but they're going to pray a hail mary or two and they'll never know they will never know kind of the effect that that prayer right. that moment of just offering one hail mary what that did for them in that moment or how mm -hmm. it helped them in their day and think that's the beauty of of prayer and the things that we believe in which are invisible we believe in things that are invisible both visible and invisible and and uh if we wrap our minds around it it's, it's mind-boggling i think it really is and, and it's challenging because our world uh emphasizes there's a lot of emphasis on what we can see and our senses and that's that's a struggle i mean that's that's been the way that's the way i was brought up when you're a child you're taught to uh, perceive the world through your senses. Prayer is a tricky thing, and uh, I, I'm like you, Father. You know, we are. Uh, my family and I were blessed to. We've been doing this for a number of years. As a family, my wife, my my daughters, myself. Every night we pray the Rosary. It was tough at first. It was tough to really get the kids together, and uh, and to, and to do that. But boy, Father, I have seen the fruits come out of that Rosary. It, it's weird. It's not always like a quid pro quo. I do this, and then I'm going to get this back. Sometimes I don't see the immediate results of my prayer, but like you, I, I've seen fruit in, in the life of myself and my family. It's gradual. It, it, it unfolds over time, 
But when we when we settled in and we do that rosary as a family each night, there's just a sense of comfort and calm that, that comes over me. And I, I look forward to it. It's a break from the, the craziness of the world. Your book is Let Go of Anger and Stress, Be Transformed by the Fruits of the Spirit. And one of the things I wonder, and as you wrote this book, as you thought about other people, as you wrote the book and other people's situations, what do you think are the top things that people are angry about? What are the top things that they hold on to? Or what are the biggest stressors of people's lives? You know, um, right now, politics is huge. People have the the division that we are seeing uh, based on political views is is it's it's really exaggerated is really strong um but what what troubles me about that is these personal attacks we see people attacking others because they don't believe what what they believe so that so that's a big thing people are very fed up with um people who don't believe in in what they believe but when you when you come to stressors and um things that are causing people to worry right now this pandemic is just it is just really doing a number on so many people for any number of different reasons Uh, also people worry about their children i've noticed that for years people worry about their children they worry about their finances um you know oddly enough father i don't see a lot of people (laughs) worried about their salvation and if they're going to get to heaven but, but along the way, this is something, as you grow closer to Jesus, you start to become concerned about it. Not worried. I'm not worried that I, I'm not going to go to heaven. I, I'm not. What I'm worried about is that I'm going to let the Lord down and, and not follow follow his will for my life, not follow his commandments. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's sometimes we have an exaggerated fear of not going to heaven uh, it, it, because the Lord wants us there. He's going to give us every opportunity. He's going to give us the grace. What we've got to be careful about is when our pride gets in the way and we're not going to ask for his help. We're not going to go to confession, seek his His forgiveness. But man, if, if we keep trying as best as we can, we'll get there. He wants us there. Uh, so we shouldn't despair uh, about that. But yeah, uh, people are it doesn't seem like a lot of people are concerned or worried about their salvation. Now, it does happen. You might see it. But uh, there are a variety of things that people are very, very anxious about at the present time. As we talk about anger, one of those things, I think a lot of times there's family divisions that maybe something happened in a family between siblings, between parents, and there's a lot of anger that people are holding on to. And Mm -hmm. that really disrupts the family life that person isn't invited to different social gatherings or you cut them out completely i know people that haven't talked to a family member in 30 or 40 years and uh so so that's a lot of anger now it's built up how does a person maybe begin to again we kind of already talked about it but i guess maybe how is it that with this anger that they're holding on to how can they overcome it but then I think that once you let go of anger, that should lead us to forgiveness. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah. I, I do, Father. And I think the first thing, if um, if somebody is holding on to anger, maybe to angry towards somebody who offended them in some way, I think the most important thing to realize is it's affecting you. It's oftentimes more than it's affecting that person. I mean, nobody holds on to anger and feels peace at the same time. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, I think that we need to remember that this isn't a suggestion that Jesus had to forgive our enemies. It's a commandment. He commands us to love our enemies. Doesn't mean we have to like them. 
it means we have to make a conscious decision. And I talk about love. I do a whole chapter on love, one of the fruits of the Spirit. In the book, St. Thomas Aquinas states that love, to love is to will the good of another. Uh, it's not a feeling. Yeah, feelings can accompany it sometimes, but it's not always that. So in order to possibly feel the peace that goes along with forgiving somebody, we have to first make that conscious decision to forgive them. Not easy, but something that any of us can do. I can choose to forgive you, Father, if you did something to offend me. I still might not like you, but I can choose to forgive you. And then I find, I have found in my life, that the feelings generally follow the action. There are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. You named them earlier for for us. And uh, out of all those fruits, which is the one that you strive to manifest the most in your life? Or is there a fruit that you've noticed that maybe at a certain time, I need this fruit right now because of where I'm at? And maybe another time, it's a completely different fruit. How do the fruits interplay in your own life? Wow. When I think about these nine fruits, Father, I, I, I realize that I, I need a lot of work in each of these areas. But the one that I struggled with the most was joy. I always wanted to, and that was a desire, and, and that's the beautiful thing about prayer and these desires that the Lord places in our hearts. If we desire virtue, he's going to reward us. He's going he's to answer our requests. I wanted to be joyful and not have that joy depend on external circumstances, which is what joy really is. Joy is a response to the Lord's presence in inside of us, within us, not on external circumstances. So I we talked about this earlier. I asked, I said, Father, please make me, give me the, the joy that I, the, the joy that is the fruit of the Spirit. I, I want to experience joy and not have it tied to the fact that the weather is perfect, that I have enough money in the bag. I just want to be joyful. And really what it led to is the realization, as St. Paul has stated in his writings, joy is a choice. Joy is a response. Joy is me saying, I choose to rejoice because the Lord is, is bigger than any problem I face. He loves me and he's with me. So joy's been the toughest one for me. Right now, with this pandemic going on and uh, so much of my speaking work being on hold, I, I, patience is a tough one. It's sure. tough to be, right? It's tough to be patient with God. It's tough to be patient with ourselves sometimes. Like, I should be better than this, right? I, you could get into that cycle where you're saying, well, I'm getting impatient because I'm not patient enough. And, you know, but... Patience is one that's really, uh, really I'm working on right now with the help of the Spirit. Well, very beautiful. As I think about this, as you shared about kind of the, the fruits that you strove to live in your own life, uh, for mm -hmm. myself, I wrote that book, A Heart Like Mary's, 31 Daily Meditations yeah. to Help You Live in Love As She Does. And that really grew out of uh, a conversation I had with my spiritual director. And mm -hmm. it was kind of an off-the-cuff comment that he made. I was just hanging out in his office one day in seminary. And he said to me, Edward, you love the Blessed Mother so much, but where is your Marian heart? And so wow. then that's what brought me to reflect on, well, what does it mean to have a Marian heart? And so I went to the scriptures. I prayed about it. And then eventually this book uh, came forth as, as my own reflection on what it means to live with a Marian heart. So it is about making that conscious decision to say, I want to live in a spiritual way. I want to live the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I want to live like Mary lived, all of these different mm -hmm. things. And so, you know, I think some people might say, well, well, aren't we just writing some sort of Christian self-help stuff? Like mm -hmm. I wrote a book 
well, this is how you can be a better person after the example of the Blessed Mother. That's what somebody on the outset could say. Or maybe they look at this and they say, well, this is just Christian self-help. But I think there's a depth of spirituality here. There's something greater than a self-help book. Go to Barnes & Noble, go to the self-help section. You can find books on the same topic, but they're not going to address it from the spiritual perspective. Exactly. And, I, and you know, Father, I th- I'm glad you bring up that point. And, and by the way, that's a great book, the, the, the one you're talking about. We talked about that on my morning show a few years ago. Um, but I think that desire that you and I have or have had at some point in time, or we might have a desire in the future, that's the Holy Spirit prompting us. I should be a better person. I should love others more. Well, that's really the Holy Spirit starting to work on us. Uh, giving us that desire to be transformed into the image of Jesus. So uh, these these fruits of the Spirit, th- th- yeah, they're going to make me feel better, but primarily they're going to benefit other people. And that's what Jesus wants me to do. He wants me to be transformed with his help into his other self, if you will. And um, so this is the self-book, the health book, the self-help books. I think a lot of them are really self-centered. They're all about me. I want to feel better. I want to enjoy myself. This type, the type of books you and I write, uh, and allowing ourselves to be transformed by the Spirit, wanting to become more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, etc. We we want to help other people. We want to reach out and be Jesus to those around us. So there is a difference. Definitely, and I encourage people to check out your book, "Let Go of Anger and Stress: Be Transformed by the Fruits of the Holy Spirit." It's published by Ave Maria Press, who also published "A Heart Like Mary's." And I have a new book I'm working on for Ave Maria Press next year in 2021. And uh, so go check it out or find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Wherever you get your books, find this book by Gary Zimek, Let Go of Anger and Stress, Be Transformed by the Fruits of the Spirit. Before I let you go, Gary, one of the things I always do is ask people a series of questions uh, just about their own Marian devotion, the role of Mary in their life. They're kind of rapid-fire questions. Okay. How about a favorite title for the Blessed Mother? And I realize this is a question that could change over time. And maybe there's a particular title of Mary that you invoke right now. But is there a favorite title? Our Lady Queen of Peace. How fitting. That's my title. Yeah, exactly. In terms of Marian devotion, it's expressed through sacramentals. Are there any sacramentals that you wear that you make use of? Yeah, uh, I wear a miraculous medal. I wear a scapular, um, and I'm very feel very comfortable uh, wearing those uh, sacramentals, making use of them. They're they're my two favorite. When it comes to Marian prayer, there are many different prayers. The Hail Mary we pray comes from the pages of Sacred Scripture, the first half. There are other prayers that the saints have written, that other people have written. Do you have a prayer to the Blessed Mother that you turn to? That's one of your go-to Marian prayers. Very interesting, Father. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my family and I, we've been praying the rosary for several years now. We've con- we continue to do that to this day. But, you know, a few months ago during this pandemic, we, we're praying more as a family than ever before. We started the practice of praying the Angelus on a regular basis, three times a day. And boy, do I, I just love that prayer. So the Angelus has become near and dear to my heart, uh, just thanking the Blessed Mother for saying yes and for, as a result, the Savior entered the world. So that's my new, my new favorite, if you will, prayer a- along, with, along with the rosary. Definitely. And of course, sometimes where you live, you might hear the church bells go off at 6, noon and 6, signaling mm. the time to pray the Angelus. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just love that. There's just such a comfort there. And we as a family, we you know, I work from home, my daughters are in college, so they're typically around. We'll all stop what we're doing and we and we, we don't we don't always do this six AM thing. I try to get up at six, but some things have been you know, it's, it's been difficult lately, but we do it shortly thereafter. Sure. When it comes to the rosary, people sometimes find it monotonous. They find it repetitive. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people say, I don't know how to pray the rosary or to engage it, so they just don't. Is there a tip right. that you can offer to help people pray the rosary better? Boy, I, I've struggled with this for years, for years. I, I, You know, Father, the thing that helps me the most, and, and, and I'm at a point, as I said earlier, that I'm very comfortable. I feel Our Lady's presence with me and my family when we pray. I think for me, it helps me to, we, we pull out the statue of the Blessed Mother and, and to visualize her, to be able to look at her and to see her and to picture her looking at me and smiling. That helps me the most. And, and you know, it's, uh, but again, I have struggled with this for such a long time. It, it, and it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing battle, but I really feel that picturing her, looking at her face, picturing it in my mind, looking at an image helps me to concentrate when I pray the rosary. In the scriptures and the gospels, we meet the Blessed Mother. We hear her speak in the Old Testament. We hear of prophecies about the Blessed Mother. Is there a Marian scripture passage that kind of resonates with you? The one that always gets me, Father. And, and you know, I don't get to talk about this very much, but the second book that I wrote was a Marian book. It was called Listen to Your Blessed Mother, a look at Mary's words and actions in scriptures, um, in the scriptures. One that always gets me are her final recorded words in the second chapter of John's Gospel at the, at the wedding at Cana. Do whatever he tells you. Father, That's that. what more do we need to know? Why did she need to say anything else after that, right? Her last sure. recorded words. So I, I love those words. No, I thought you might say, be not afraid. But, you know, uh, how the angel says that. So those aren't Mary's words, but part of the Annunciation account. But no, everybody yeah. always comments on do whatever he tells you for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of different yeah. apparitions of the Blessed Mother where she's appeared. Uh, is there one that you have a devotion to? One that uh, the message strikes you? You know, I I wouldn't. I can't honestly. I can't single one out in particular. There, there is. Uh, you know, the uh, the one that always comes to mind is uh, very early on. I think the first Marian devotion that really touched me was the Miraculous Medal. So, Our Lady's appearance to Saint Catherine Labre is 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 kind of near and dear to my heart, but. Other than that, there is no one particular devotion that or, or uh, apparition that really blows me away. Okay. Besides Mary's apparitions, of course, there are <laughs> shrines there. You go to Lourdes, you go to Fatima, go to Catherine Labore and Rudabach in France. Uh, there are shrines to Mary, just to regular different titles of Mary. In Wisconsin, we have Our Lady, Help of Christians. We have um, our, well, a shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe and so forth. In the Philadelphia area, I think there is that shrine of the Miraculous Medal, but is there mm-hmm. a Marian shrine that you have visited or that you want to visit? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm so glad you asked this, I am 100% of Polish heritage. So for us, in Doylestown, right outside of Philadelphia, we have the Shrine of Our Lady of Częstochowa, which is one of my favorite places to to visit. Um, there's just something special about that shrine. So that, that's my go-to place where I, where I, when I need a little retreat, I, I make the journey, uh, I live in New Jersey, but I make the, the journey over, over the bridge and, and visit, uh, the shrine in Doylestown. And it ties me back to my, my heritage, my Polish heritage growing up. My mother was incredibly devoted to our lady in that, uh, 
and in particular at that shrine. So that's my place. The saints have written books about the Blessed Mother. You and I have written books about Mary. Do you have a book about Mary you'd recommend? Mm-mm-mm. That's a good question. See, Father, I didn't know these questions in advance, so I didn't get a chance I to know. prepare. <laughs> and I like this. You know, the you you talk about um, St. Louis de Montfort and uh, True Devotion to Mary. That That's the book that really changed my life. I, I think understanding um, this idea of total consecration to Jesus through Mary and going ahead and doing it, that, that, that has been life-altering for me. So any of St. Louis de Montfort's writings have, have really, uh, really been beneficial to me and really helped me kind of fall in love with Our Lady. And lastly, when you go to Mass on a Marian feast day, like the Assumption or Mary, Mother of God, Immaculate Conception, is there a Marian song you hope the choir will sing? Either Ave, uh, Hail Holy Queen, or um, I guess it's Hail Holy Queen or Immaculate Mary. Boy, I, you know, when, when I hear those songs, I go back to when I was in grade school. That's a number of years, Father. And I remember we used to do the May procession. I, I, was, uh, I went to grade school at uh, Maternity BVM Parish in Philadelphia. And every year, all, and it was a big, we had a lot of students back in the day, and we would line up. In, outside in front of a statue of the Blessed Mother for the May procession. And I remember, as if it was yesterday, singing those some of those Marian hymns. So they take me right back. Sure. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, Hail Holy Queen, I hope that song is sung at my funeral. And last song, mm. All creation echoing, Salve, yeah. <laughs> Salve, Salve Regina. Yeah, I just yeah. love that. So It's great, it's great. Well, wonderful. Gary, if people want to learn more about you, how can they do so? Father, the best place is to go right to my website, followingthetruth.com. Wonderful. And go and check out his book, Let Go of Anger and Stress, Be Transformed by the Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Well, thanks so much, Gary, for talking with me today about your book, about letting go of anger and stress and the role of Mary in your life. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation, Father. Keep up the good work. So good to speak with you again. You've been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. I hope that this podcast has either been the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You can follow me, Father Edward Looney, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at FR Edward Looney. If you don't mind, please do me a favor. Rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify. Leave a review. Share why you like this podcast. Share this podcast on your social media so that your family and friends might come to know the love that the Mother of God has for them, just as you have experienced it yourselves. Until next week, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.